Hey everybody, this is Jacob, one of the co-hosts on the Back to Back Films podcast. I'd like to take this moment to talk to you guys about Film is Truth, a video rental store in Bellingham, Washington. I had a hard time finding a movie that I was supposed to watch for a class. Uh, The movie was a celebration. It wasn't on any of the video streaming services or on DVD.com. But they had it at Film is Truth, and they had a wonderful staff that helped me find the movie and others that I wanted to watch. It's located in the Terra Organica market, so you can get your films and your groceries in one go. So give them a shot and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast. This week, we're talking killer cult films with killer clowns from outer space and tremors. As always, we recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing before listening to the episode. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. I'm Jake. And with us this week is special guest, David Miller. Hello. Uh, how you guys all doing? Pretty good. How are you guys? I'm excited. Good. Which, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. Absolutely. <laughs> We're all getting a little a little uh, buzzed here as we each have our own alcohol. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, it's killer clowns. It's not too pretentious. So let's just uh, make it fun. Let's, <laughs> let's just go. Absolutely. No, this is like... Don't need to think too hard about this one. This is like the <laughs> best not. episode. The, the movies on this episode are the best ones. So like, just get super stoned and watch or get like really drunk and watch. Or both, if that's you know your thing. So uh, they're both totally a lot of fun for that. Um, but especially Killer Clowns, dude. Killer Clowns was like, Killer, yeah, was uh, super fun to just <laughs> not be sober too. The question is, uh, yeah, yeah, do you need to be sober for Killer Clowns? Because it's it's a trip. Yeah, you almost like yeah, you almost can't be sober for that movie. I yeah. think it's you're better off like. You know, at least one, at least one shot just put you there a little bit. You know, you're kind of laughing, like it's all fun. Um, just to right. ignore all the you know people in the background that shouldn't be there. And all that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and that's why we got drunk for this podcast for the listeners exactly. to recreate the uh, you know sense of the film experience. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. So yeah, David, uh, go ahead and you know tell us tell us a little about yourself. Um, you know, if you're interested in film, kind of. Jacob's the one who brought you on, so, you know, it's tell his, us a little bit about that. It's his fault. Talk about our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am David Miller. I am one half of Millpool Films here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we were we made a couple of movies with Jacob while he was out here before he ditched us and became a traitor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, had a lot of fun. We made like Office Batman together, and that's doing really well on uh, yeah. some uh, festivals and stuff. It was really fun. Uh, we miss him, but don't tell him that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Should I unmute now? Should I unmute my... Uh... Sure, yes, yes. I didn't hear any of that. Okay. Two claps for you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I just... I got into filmmaking in high school sometime, just kind of something to pass the time. I really got into editing. Um, just... It just clicked. I don't know why. I don't know when, but it just clicked. And went to film school at Scottsdale Community College, which was actually a really, really good film school. And, uh, 
Yeah, just started making short films. I met up with uh, business partner Tyler Riggs a couple years ago. We've known each other for a while and uh, just started making stuff. And uh, we won a couple contests a couple years in a row. Then they kicked us out, and now we're running a piece of it uh, <laughs> because we won too much. No, but uh, but which was my fault. Yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. fault. Yeah, the winning was my yeah, fault. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially yeah. this newest one. He had nothing to do with except. <laughs> wait, it still was his fault. You did the t- you did the title, so that's that's not even true. <laughs> uh, so uh, when it comes to your guys's like partnership, uh, do you guys split it kind of right down the middle? Like you take the back end with editing and he works on the day-to-day filmmaking or do you guys split uh the the jobs more evenly yeah so he's the screenwriter and i am what i would consider an editor first um everything i direct i direct to edit um you know i only get shots that i need to edit together you know that's kind of the frame of reference i have and he's he's a great great writer and very clever writer and the most writing i do with him is no get rid of this word and change it with something else and you know minor you know things that's all in his but he's been uh, messing around with some editing and i'm trying to show him some camera stuff so we can kind of meet in the middle a little bit more okay. um but uh yeah we just it's it's kind of a um kind of still growing thing we don't totally. quite know what we are fully yet but mm-hmm. we're having fun so we're good as far as like credits go on some of the projects, like they have split the directing credit. Sometimes Davis taken it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. As far as what I can tell on set, Dave is thinking about the shots and the shot list, and uh, Riggs is a little bit more concerned about the character performances. Okay. Is that's would you say that's about right? Yeah, that's about right. And you know, there's yeah. gray area, obviously, but yeah, usually right, I, right. I tell them to like get the actors ready. I'll get you know the crew ready um, and kind of pointed in the right direction and thinking ahead with that stuff. So yeah, it's it's uh, we still like we need to make more stuff to really solidify it. But uh, it's uh, it's a good time on set. I really like it. That's really cool because uh, like I feel like. It's hard for one person to, like, you know, wear all the hats, and especially where people fall off, like, the one hat that they don't wear is, uh, especially, like, kind of in more, like, I don't know, amateur filmmaking or or lower-level filmmaking for for newer directors, is they don't work with the actors. They don't work for the character. So it's Mm -hmm. nice to know that there's someone on, like, in your case, that there's someone on set who's like, yeah, I, I really want the characters to shine, because that's kind of what makes your in a narrative that's kind of what makes your film like exactly yeah it's interesting because like a lot of actors kind of give a lot of their performance credit to the editors you know like you know it's Mm -hmm. it's all about um how the editors choose which take i perform to Mm -hmm. you know right so it's it's interesting that 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 you know you find yourself mainly you know really really into the editing um and then if you have a good material to start off with, you know, writing wise, then that gives the actors that much to work with. So it's actually a pretty good pairing to have a really good editor and a really good writer to work together. Totally. Because the direction can take care of itself if you have both of those things. If you are, like you said, are already planning shots as a director because 
you're the editor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It kind of takes, it, I mean, it makes sense. So that's kind of a cool, unique um, thing that I haven't really heard, at least in the in the area that Keith and I are in, um, of happening. Like having a duo that, you know, one is predominantly a screenwriter and one is predominantly an editor. And then they kind of just meet in the middle um, and share credit where everything else is. I mean, that's kind of unique, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it really... You know, my weakness with the stuff beforehand was the writing. Like, I had stories of character goes from point A to point B because of X reason. And that was kind of my writing style. And uh, he's a lot better. Uh, so, so <laughs> yeah, we, we meet in the middle a lot. And we, we have kind of the same um, likes and dislikes and kind of point That's of view. Important. That really, really meshes really well. Because I've, I've worked with other... Uh, people before and it didn't have that click and like the first thing we talked about was this big superhero um uh series that he wants to do and like that clicked like we're just like yes like all of that and i was like you know feeding him was like and then we could do this and it just kind of grew from one meeting and uh it just it it was just one of those things so we're kind of happy to be there oh yeah yeah. that's how that's the best thing to find a partnership or a group and you stick by that you know you stick with each other because that's how that's how films get done Mm -hmm. um that's how all the big filmmakers do it and like office batman like tonally was just completely even you know Mm -hmm. what i mean there wasn't an aspect of it that that was like oh it's too much comedy or too much you know the, the editing was way too fancy for the material like it was perfect for what that film was which was kind of cool too um yeah i think that's the one we're most proud of right now our latest nice. one helsing inc which i don't think anybody's seen yet it's going to be in phoenix film festival uh office batman i just watched it with uh, chandler film festival here in town um it was a crowd of 15 or so people but it still had like the most laughs and people didn't take it seriously which it doesn't need to be sweet and it was just a really good time with the crowd and like you could watch it online and get to yourself but in a crowd it's 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 so much fun so that's our most proud Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is that is what i loved about working on projects with you guys was just the audience mm-hmm. like sitting there in the theater with the audience you know it was extremely rewarding nice. to, to to be in the theater it was super cool yeah. you know because awesome. most of the films i made in college were like kind of sci-fi dramatic things um and they they didn't really elicit the same responses that you guys got with with the comedy mm-hmm. aspects That's of, the of thing. what you guys have. Yeah, so like when you when you're dealing with films that are more serious or or outside of the comedy genre, you don't get that immediate reaction. Like there's a sense of relief with comedy almost because when you hear the laughter, you're like, okay, that worked. Mm-hmm. When your film is like serious, it's like the only time you get relief is if someone comes up to you later and it's like, dude, right. that film was like. <laughs> You know, yeah. right here was super good, and these this work, yada yada, which doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, you know? I mean, like to be honest, the only film that I've ever been a part of that that elicited that sort of response was the one with, I did with Keith, where I just like helped act in it. <laughs> like, I, and, I, and I didn't act because I was wearing a mask. <laughs> but that, but that film was was it was it had it was like you know it was about robbers and stuff, and it was it had this comedic element to it. And the, yeah, the, the buddy comedy, the, yeah. the 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 crowd enjoyed it, and it was definitely funny. I mean, especially the banana jokes and like yeah. like it was. <laughs> 
that was one that that <laughs> the only film I've ever been a part of where I like I was actually like you could see or hear the 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 crowd react to your yeah. film. So if you if you get that, that's like there's almost no better compliment, really. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That, uh, plus, you can't go wrong with banana jokes. There's so much that can be done. That's my model uh, in life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to jump into these films, but I want to ask, because uh, we've asked all the all the guests so far, uh, David, what's your favorite film? Or if you don't have a favorite film, what's your favorite genre? Uh, genre, I'd probably point to... Um, kind of superheroes just because I, you know, I'm a Batman fanatic and like uh, do that stuff. I, I, I'm pretty eclectic, so like it's pretty hard to find a favorite movie for pretty much most people, and it's really hard to nail down a genre because some of my favorite movies are like Donnie Darko, um, Killer Clowns, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, but like Killer Clowns has a nostalgia thing to it, so I, I understand um, and stuff like that. So, but superhero stuff is the stuff I follow um, online and stuff. It's just kind of you know that's what I look forward to most of the time. So, for sure, nice. Is, is there a specific like superhero film that you're looking forward to? Um. Most <laughs> there's so many of them. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what they do with uh, Black Panther. I, I think yeah. that's a like Marvel really knows how to take the obscure, forgotten superhero um, and bring them up and do something amazing. And uh, totally. Ryan Coogler is an amazing director, and the whole cast is phenomenal. So that's going to be. I think that's going to be a very surprise hit because Infinity War is going to make a billion and. You know, four billion dollars and stuff, but uh, <laughs> but I think uh, Black Panther is going to be cool. What What are your thoughts on the um, anime Batman film? I'm interested in that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of wanted to read the Batman manga or something that f- recently got translated. I just haven't picked it up yet. I I heard you like read it backwards from, you know, right. To, uh, yeah, you read it right to left, back page to yeah. front page and stuff. Exactly. So. Like the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm interested to see what they do, and that's kind of what I want to do with the Batman, or what I want them to do with the Batman is make it Black Mirror, just like one movie, somebody's weird interpretation of Batman, move on. This this director's weird interpretation, bring it back to the medieval times. Totally. I, I'll start babbling about Batman. So stop no, totally. I think that's <laughs> yeah. true, too, because, like, awesome. uh, one thing I would really like to see, and I'd really, and for listeners, it's, we're talking about, I think it's Ninja Batman, which sounds kind of cheesy, the way it's just Ninja Batman, but it actually... Th- isn't it Batman Ninja? Or Batman Ninja. It's one yeah. of the, one of the two, however order it is but like the trailer is super interesting it looks dope mm-hmm. as fuck um, it's basically an anime batman so if you're not into anime then it might not be up your alley um right but what i would it be kind of- super interested to see is um i don't remember what it's called specifically but russian superman yeah. whatever the uh, whatever that comic oh, series yeah, was yeah. I think it's like red, red superman or something red sun yeah something like that red sun or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. where basically it's like instead of coming to america you landed in russia 
uh, which is like a super ah. interesting like spin-off comic mm-hmm. they did, uh, which I would really like to see in a film because that's like if you're going to subvert something, subverting yeah. Superman is like at the tippy top. Like why know? not? You know, exactly. Like it's it could go because he's so too be- much of an American icon, basically. Yeah, that's like, it right. Yeah, but that would be you know if we're gonna do, if we're gonna be doing so much with superheroes, I think subverting the the genre or subverting the heroes themselves is like a way to go. And like you said, like do one story that's contained and then move on to the next one and just let them keep trying like iterations of it. Yeah, it's just I mean, you it, it went through iterations of like deconstructing, so you got sort of kind of a Logan or whatever they yep. kind of deconstruct it. Then they put it back together and give them all flashy co- costumes. Then they yep. deconstruct it again. It's like let's just do a different genre like that's what Nolan did with Dark Knight trilogy it was like yeah. they're crime movies like right. with a guy in a costume type thing there's super super elements to it but uh, we just gotta we gotta do that um, or just totally. base, base it off the Arkham games but again I can I can <laughs> ramble on so you guys can stop me for sure alright All right. <laughs> let's jump into these films because these films are fascinating to talk about so our main topic this week is the the idea of cult filmdom uh, our first film is Killer Clowns from Outer <laughs> Space released in 1988 Basic little summary here. Aliens who look like clowns come from outer space and terrorize a small town. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space was written by the Chiodo Brothers, and it was directed by Steven Chiodo. It stars Grant Kramer, Susan Snyder, John Allen, Nelson, and John Vernon. Film number two uh, is Tremors, released in 1990. Uh, Natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them one by one. Tremors was written by S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock. It was directed by Ron Underwood, and it stars Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Finn Carter, Michael Gross, and Reba McIntyre, of all fucking people. (laughs) Um, Yeah. She was kind of cringy in this movie. Anyway. (laughs) It was her first um, movie. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. And then she went on to do her whole, like, TV series and and yada, yada. Um, Fuck, I didn't even realize it was her. Jesus. Didn't really? Reba? Yeah, <laughs> Mister Mister. Last episode, like, oh my god, the yeah. cameos, and you well, almost I, died. I, I, and I, I've then... never, I've never seen it. I've never seen the show or anything. But yeah, holy I thought shit. you, I thought you said Camel Toes last episode. <laughs> that too. Uh, I was like, that's that's so Byron. <laughs> that's so Byron. <laughs> god, we got to insert that clip now. Um, oh my god. <laughs> so. I kind of want to just kick this off by sort of talking about, like, what a cult movie is. So, like, you guys have, from your own backgrounds of film, what to you makes a cult movie? Um, I think a cult movie is, um, it is what it is. Like, I would put kind of Pulp Fiction in a cult status, as well as Killer Clowns, just because it, it, it gained an audience well after like it did pretty well in the theaters but it gained a real audience and a really loyal fan base um Mm -hmm. several years afterwards or a year afterwards um and a lot of people say oh it's a crappy movie that everybody likes and i don't really equate that as a as a thing I, i i don't think it has to be a crappy movie to 
be a cult classic. I think Tremors is a pretty competent movie. It has its things, but it's a competent movie. But it didn't do too well in the box office, but once it hit VHS on the rental rental racks back in the 90s, it exploded. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just I, I think it's the fan base Like if you have a really loyal fan base Of you know Basically they go to Comic cons and sit in a room And say I love Killer Clowns too um, Or you know bigger groups Than that but uh, yeah That's kind of what I sort of Kind of Totally define um, it as. Yeah totally like and I think you bring up an interesting point that cult like there is the typical definition of cult which is like what you said it's like a bad like the room i think is probably the epitome of of the obvious definition of cult where it's a terrible movie but everyone is like okay we got you you have to watch it because it's so bad or like mm-hmm. you're entertained by it because it's so bad um and i right. think you know s- some movies fit into that but at the same time I kind of agree where where Pulp Fiction is like it's cult but in a different sense in the mm-hmm. sense of like it's a very widely accepted movie it's you know one of the be- considered one of the better movies ever made uh shows up on best lists all the time uh but the following it has is not necessarily that it's you watch it because it's bad it's cult because like everyone is a part of the fact that like this movie is awesome so they're all yeah. part of the, the kind of like pulp fiction like cult and like how can you talk bad about pulp fiction you know what i mm-hmm. mean um, right so you do kind of have these two different ideas of it uh and i think the two movies that we kind of watched are more uh, with the exception of killer clowns because killer clowns actually wasn't a bad movie uh, but like <laughs> you know generally you have like the, the cult movies that are just like bad and then you just you want to watch them it's like those movies right. you throw on with friends because you want a cheesy laugh and you're all just like drinking beer or whatever mm-hmm. and it just it right. just works uh, you don't need to watch the movie to really get the movie like you come in in any scene in killer clowns and you're just like you know the scene is ridiculous basically uh-huh. right. um and you you get it right away. Yeah, totally. Like I feel like you could walk in and you're like, okay, I understand what this movie is at any point. Totally, it's the exactly. weirdest thing. Exactly, uh, because like there's nothing about it that's complicated. There's nothing about it that's serious. It's just is what it is. It's just a. <laughs> it literally just is killer clowns from outer space. I mean, they didn't even right. try to to make it anything that it's not. Which I think is also part of the definition of cult or like what we perceive as a cult movie is that the movie is just what it is. And like right. the room is a little different because he set out to make the greatest movie ever made, uh, ended up making like the worst movie ever made. But you know, most movies we consider cult are like, you know, this, it is like, well, uh, you know, like that trash cinema type type mm-hmm. movies too. Like, yeah. you know, agent yeah. 47 feast. or whatever blood feast, like yeah. they, you know, they just, we set out to make a cheesy movie, and we knew it was cheesy, but we embraced the cheese, the type of thing. Right. It's funny, because, like, for me, um, g- growing up, k- kind of without, like, what maybe a lot of people would consider, like, cult films, my first impression of what a cult film was would be, like, Eraserhead and, like, El Topo. Mm-hmm. El and, Topo, for sure. Yeah. And, like... Like, min- the Midnight, like, late movies. Exactly, exactly. Movies, yeah. Yeah. And, and so th- they're films that were kind of, like, more considered, like, art films that that audiences, from a more general standpoint, wouldn't go see. 
Um, and mm-hmm. those were the kind of the cult films that I kind of first started. Like, oh, no, that's what a cult film is. It wasn't until a little bit later when I like you know you know later in high school and stuff um, in college when like friends would get together and watch yeah. cheesy campy movies like you know Killer mm-hmm. Clowns, where it was like these are cult films in a completely different way because not on, not only do they maybe not attract like a super broad audience but they're but their uh, ha- their following is because of like the content not necessarily because of the director because like el topo and Eraserhead are kind of more cult because it was like it's like early lynch or yeah or mm-hmm. um or you know alejandro jodorowsky uh, you know he's a you know mexican film director so it wasn't like they were cult in the sense that they were obscure where these ones they're definitely not obscure they're cult because they attract a, a certain type of audience that doesn't mind camp yeah. or kitsch mm-hmm. or yeah. um, totally. they like the camp yeah, yeah yeah so it wasn't until later that i kind of felt that that i kind of started to understand that cult was even more broad and then it wasn't really until like this podcast because we have had a similar discussion before where people were like well no pulp fiction could be considered a cult film which i had i would never have initially thought that but mm-hmm. now it makes sense to me because it has a fan base that isn't like you know someone who's going to go like oh Shawshank Redemption you know that's a cult film well, yeah. no not really no, <laughs> <You know>? right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I think an important like part of the definition too is that cult films spread by word of mouth right so they mm-hmm. were films that like because of various reasons the you know the content or the fact that they just didn't have the budget just didn't have the ability to market themselves so the way they spread was by word of mouth you know dude i got that vhs like you said of of whatever like i got pick a pick a a, like a a lower end lesser known movie and you can probably you know shove it in there as kind of culty uh just because like it's all like i got it man let's go just watch mm-hmm. it you know it's that yeah. sort of like right. feeling of being like a teenager and being like the, my parents are gone dude like come on like yeah, come yeah, over yeah. and watch it, you know that type of thing uh, right so i think that's an important part of it uh so yeah. oh do you have something oh yeah uh, i just i just wanted to say that uh I, I think that's that's all on point, but I think another element of cult movies is uh, nostalgia. You know, yeah. re- remembering an old time. You know, I feel like that that could also kind of pick it up. You know, um, some you know film th- theorists uh, point out Greece, the you know the the movie, yeah. uh, John Travolta, the period piece. Yep. Yeah, with John Travolta with all the music and stuff. They pointed to that as a. Uh, cult following movie that is based in nostalgia because it's a period movie and because it's kind of for the people who remember this old time and it's really it's a pretty campy movie too but it's it's weird how nostalgia kind of plays a factor uh in that too Same with um, like uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show now you know yeah, yeah Rocky Horror <laughs> Picture Show yeah it's like nostalgic cult yeah. right? In, right. in a way it's like yeah it's like hold on to the, the it's like traditional almost it's like traditional cult yeah totally. like traditional cult midnight cult campy cult yeah <laughs> there's different sub- yeah. Campy there's cult. like yeah. subgenres of cult it, yeah. <laughs> right and, also- and then there's also this weird uh, like animation like specific styles of animation that yeah. that are kind of that garner like a cult following uh if you look at uh, Tarantino's movie, or I think it's the first Pulp Fiction, he has that animated sequence in there. Mm. Uh, you mean which Kill is Bill? Very. Oh yeah, sorry, Kill Bill. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, and that animated sequence is like 
kind of the, a style that would garner a cult following. It was probably yeah. inspired by something. Um, I couldn't tell you what it is, but there, you know, there's a lot of animation styles that that kind of garner the uh, following, totally. including like Akira and Ghost in a Shell. You know, mm-hmm. the classic animes. But uh, you know, there's there's more than that too. I assume. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's. I mean, naming a cult movie is kind of like saying what's real punk rock. It's like everybody has their own little thing of uh, what's punk rock or whatever. So if it's cult to you, it's cult to you, and that's pretty much it. Like you know, movies like Titanic are great movies and very general audience movies, but I don't think there's a cult following for Titanic. There's fangirls for Leo, but like that's about it. So, um, <laughs> but, but like, you know, Rocky Horror and, uh, you know, some of those you can see kind of at midnight showings and that's kind of where I define it of like, if there's going to be like midnight showings every every 10th anniversary or something at your local um movie house or whatever then probably a cult film um i don't know it it just seems a little arbitrary but everybody kind of knows what their cult definition is so it seems like it needs to be something that's uh mostly like like intentionally outside the mainstream for some reason so like even even if like pulp fiction is a huge box office hit you know uh it 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 is still like different enough you know of a movie Mm -hmm. to be able to be labeled as cult while titanic is so like following the mainstream beats and the mainstream hits that it's hard to say this is Mm -hmm. you know a a cult film because there's not really like a cult behind it you know it's more like a religion (laughs) you know what i mean it's like it's so big that like you know it's it's not cultish Mm -hmm. anymore like like ghost (laughs) like ghost ghost is obviously a cult movie it's the best movie ever it's a one a one-man cult following (laughs) to be another good to be fair ghost is awesome yeah, see, God. See, we are telling you guys. Jesus. So this is why Jacob brought him on. This, whole, this, this is one the only soundbite is all they wanted. Uh, it's going to be his uh, ring too. Yes. Oh, he, see you later, see you later right? Dave. I, I haven't seen Ghost all the way now. So, they, so yeah. half of the people here have seen it, half of us haven't. It's not high on my list of things to watch, uh, for sure. It um, should be the next movie you watch. You just don't know it. You just don't know well, it. Because you won't give it a I'm chance. I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. Wait, I, just I, like, I almost watched it the other day, but I was like, you know what? No. We're <laughs> no. Because we're going... We're, Wait. Because we're going to do it for the podcast, and I want to save oh, it. We have to... Okay. So, like, we have to do a pairing... That's like ghost and like Casper or something. No, no, no. It has to be like <laughs> has to be like Jacob always talks about ghost. We always talk about like Refin or like Trash Humper or something. Humper. So it has to just be two movies that like we both like either party hasn't seen and they just uh. make no sense together. But you have to watch them like because we always talk about it. We That's still haven't ta- like, covered either one. Um, but uh, I think that's a good idea. I think another good example of a cult movie and kind of keeping in line with Kevin Bacon is Footloose. Footloose mm-hmm. is one of those ones that covers a lot of the bases too, where it's like sort of nostalgic for people. There's like a group of people that really love that movie. It's, I mean, I only heard about it because other people mentioned it, yeah. and it's just kind of got this weird like cult following to it, where mm-hmm. you know people just love that shit. And to be kind of 
local history, Footloose is actually based on a local town that's like 20 minutes away from where, you know, Keith and I live. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's that's based funny. on a story that happened in Linden. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What? Oh man! Yeah, it's true. Whoa! That's where Tiffany's, uh, or my wife Tiffany. That's where her parents live. So we we go there every uh, Christmas, every Thanksgiving. What the hell? That's so weird. Don't yeah, dance there. Jeez. <laughs> well, now it explains the town a lot more. Like you know, it's a very you know, religious it town. Has, it's very religious. <laughs> all the speed limit signs are twenty. You know, yeah. no matter what. Yep. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, They're all about the Clydesdales. Linden you know? um, has the highest. Um, uh, amount of churches per square mile or whatever it is in the United States, and it yeah. also has the highest teen pregnancy uh, rating in the United States. <laughs> it's also like one of the only cities that Trump came to in the states. So. Yeah. Explains a lot uh, about that about that city. Um, so I, I have this kind of idea of cult, at least for me, mm-hmm. is like cult movies. I don't know. There seemed to be this, like, golden era of cult movies in the 80s and 90s. Like, the two movies we're talking about is 88 and 90. A lot of, like, these cheesy sci-fi, these, like, kind of weird... I don't know. There's something about the 90s aesthetic that lends itself to cult movies. So my question is, since there was this, like, golden era... And, of course, there's been cult movies since then, in the early 2000s and even now. But, like, can these types of movies really be made today I like could you make Tremors today and have it be as like weirdly successful as it has been I mean for me I think the biggest thing that they're that the reason why they were cult films is because like VHS Mm-hmm. You know, but I think because yeah. before the seven, you know, the seventies didn't really have VHS, so it wasn't until like the eighties and nineties where VHS was still such a big thing that cult films became a thing, and even the seventies films. Were like did the midnight screenings, but you know it wasn't until Eraser Ed got on VHS that even got even more you know yeah. cult film. But I think it's harder now. I think you can still have a cult film made now, but it's going to be through like you know streaming or digital yeah. downloading, not through uh, oh. like sales or or uh, through social media followings. Mm-hmm. You know through through the internet. But, you know, like I know the Arctic Monkeys, the band. How they got successful? They they had a cult following when their first album came out, and it's because they just released it for free onto the internet via torrents, and everyone just downloaded the first album for free. And then their second album was like they were just banking. You know, they were just rolling in, in the dough like after that. So, but that kind of like add, like adds an interesting aspect to that because it's like. So you might uh, take Arctic, Mon- Arctic Monkeys, for example. So they started with a cult following, but at a certain point, that stopped becoming cult because it was almost went viral. Like, streaming is hard to, to keep things cult, quote-unquote, because you can count how many people view it, and after a certain point, it's like, okay, is this cult? Whereas, like, you know, the passing the, the VHS has no counter to it. So, you know, you just pop it in and pop it in and pop it in, and you keep telling people about it, but like if it spreads on the internet, does that can it be cult if it spreads virally on the internet? I think it's a different kind of cult following. I think it's it's something new. Like, I mean, when you think of stuff like crap like uh, Sharknado, like they really tried to do a. <laughs> 
cult film. Good point. Yeah. And even the Tremors sequels that d- definitely don't exist because this movie is too good for those. Uh, <laughs> even those have like Sharknado level CGI air quotes. Right. And it's, it's terrible and it's unwatchable, but people, you know, it goes into the, like the room territory, but the room is is funny bad in a different way like Sharknado is right. trying to do something bad so I think the cult movies are something like uh, Dave Made a Maze which J- Jacob and I watched at the Phoenix Film Festival of like uh, excellent 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 movie like Great amazing, movie. especially for creative types. I, I recently watched it again. It's amazing. I got to watch that again. Um, right for for the crafty people, it's actually a lot like Killer Clowns in the craftiness. Yeah, of it. okay. In the ingenuity yeah. of using cardboard for everything, and it, it's really cool. But so there's movies like that that you know have a digital release, but I don't think it's on Blu-ray yet. And so it's a different kind of cult thing, and they're on social media like every day saying, hey, we're in this article. Hey, we're in this article. Hey, we're playing here. And, you know, they're really hitting the pavement a lot. So, um, and then, you know, you have the other kind of cult uh, side of things of what I would call the a a two four a two a24 yeah a24 where they put out these weird ass movies and mm-hmm. a, a lot of <laughs> pretty much most of them have these like weird weird narratives and people grab onto them and they really really pass it around with their friends is like you got to go see this movie got to go see this movie and uh it, it, it's just a weird different cult following now like these these movies were great because of VHS, and uh, they basically put them on like TNT back in the day, which I saw Tremors for the first time, and they just repeated it over and over and over. <laughs> um, so it's just a different world. It's the same kind of idea of just like if you like if people like Sharknado, ironically probably. Like, it's definitely a cult following, but, like, when you beat it to death like they do, it's no longer cult, in my opinion, but... It's... Yeah, it's funny that you bring up 824, because it makes a lot of sense. I think uh, another big difference, too, is, like, I think the standard of, of, of filmmaking has gone up, though, because, like, 824, all of those films... A lot of them would be considered cult, like the Creasy Strangler and stuff like that. Like, they're very, oh, yeah. very, mm-hmm. very, very uh, niche. Mm-hmm. But they're quality, nonetheless. They're not, like, the production value may be low, but it's not, like, shitty looking. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the yeah. quality is still good. Um, and they become these cult films. Um, whereas, you know, there's so many movies that we could say, that, that we could all name, that, that, that don't look very good because they're just shittily made, but yet they're still fun to watch that mm-hmm. are a different type of cult. But I think that type of cult film is, 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 is dying. You know, totally. I think, I think Sharknado might be the last of that type where like the CGI is so bad, but I think the new Sharknados are actually, they're done better than like the original one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, I, I, I think that type of cult, um, film is kind of dying. I think, um, I mean, a, another one that comes into my, into comes to mind is uh, Atlantic Rim, like a complete ripoff of Pacific Rim, <laughs> and it's so oh, yeah. so Jesus. so bad that it, it's just like so <laughs> shitty that it's just like 
like that it got any sort of audience is just insane. But um, is that one of those ones where it's like blatantly, it's like clearly ripping off, oh, and it's yeah. it's like they're banking on people going to Redbox and buying that movie by accident, right. thinking that it's yeah, yeah. totally, and, yeah. and like that's kind of an interesting thing because they're not even really cult films; they're just that's just bad. Bad movies, you know yeah. what I mean? Which yeah, they're literally just tr- they made a crappy movie and they're just trying yeah. to like profit off of people's uh, w- lack of attention. Yeah, but I think that's a, I think that's one thing that some people confuse though. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people kind of put those into cult films, but I don't think it's necessarily the same thing. You know, I think some may become <laughs> cult right. films later, right. but I think there's a lot of them out there that are just so shitty that, that, that you know that they'll never become <laughs> yeah right no that, that's totally true like uh they're the asylum films that's the asylum is the company that there's like transmorphers is the one that comes to mind for me <laughs> and it is it is just a you know just so your grandma says oh that's that movie he wanted so you grab that instead or at the right. rental is like it's just a mistake thing and they make money <laughs> off of them so more power to them i guess but uh but they're not there's nothing to grab onto like the, with killer clowns and tremors in my opinion there's some, it's they're good movies and like if you watch any of the red letter media reviews of uh like best of the worst and stuff they go through like the shittiest movies ever <laughs> and they rank them and some of them are really 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 fun and those are those are the good cult films that kind of rise above everything else. And then some are just passion projects that are just not, they're not bad enough to be the room. And they're just, they're just, they're not fun to watch. Like even if you watch some of the mystery science theater stuff, they take a lot of those little B movies and make fun of them. And even some of those with them making fun of it is pretty rough to get through. And it's, uh, (laughs) It's pretty interesting. So I think, you know, all these Sharknados and all these Transmorphers and crap, they're trying to get something. And if Transmorphers had a funny twist to everything, I think people can grab onto th- right. grab onto that. But there's nothing to grab onto with some of these po- Like if it was if it was trans farmers, that would be <laughs> more, way more interesting. <laughs> Points. <laughs> Uh, So you guys mentioned you guys have a couple of questions or topic points you want to bring up, too. So feel free to, you know, ask those at any point. Yeah. Uh, Here, I'll I'll do one right now. Um, We kind of talked about uh, camp and kitsch a little bit, and I thought we could discuss what the difference between those two are. Like what? What is yeah. what is something that is kitsch and what is something that is camp? And if you guys can cite examples, that would be well, great. Too. Uh, um, for me, it was just funny. Just like last night, I finished uh, Barbarella, the nineteen oh yeah uh, oh yeah sci fi <laughs> with Jane Fonda, right? Now, great art direction in that oh, movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, great production design. It's fin- freaking great. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah. it's, it's 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 an amazing film, actually. Um, now that film, I would consider kind of kitschy, because um, I think kitsch was a particular um, thing in the fifties and sixties. I think um, predominantly, where it, and I could be. Def- 
messing up on the definition, but that film isn't super... I mean, people would call it campy now because of the way it because of the when it was made but i think at the time it was made it maybe wasn't so much campy but it was more of like the kitschy style right um so that might be an interesting film where it might be a bit of both but there is a difference between kitsch and camp but i don't i don't really have the answer for you i mean it's tough camp the 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 whole premise of camp came out of mainly came out of like the sort of underground gay movement like a lot of the original campy quote unquote campy movies were you know about like homosexual relationships and the idea that like they couldn't be in the mainstream so they were making these sort of like underground art house movies uh whereas kitsch is kind of like they purposely made it in poor taste you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter necessarily that it's like one way or another it's just that they like you know like pop art is kind of kitschy yeah. Like they, they, yeah. it's this weird eclectic like colors and patterns and stuff that come together to make into one, and it's just kind of looks tasteless. Yeah, because kitsch is more of a visual style, and then campiness is more of like, kind of like themes and performance. Yeah, it's like well, you don't like hmm. like an actor doesn't give a kitschy performance; they give a campy performance. Yeah, but the art direction isn't super campy; it's kitschy. I think that's you know a good what I mean. Point. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good point. That's, pre- yeah. that's pretty interesting. Like where yeah. you would call like the original Friday the Thirteenth would be campy, but it's not kitschy. Like no. they weren't trying to be. Yeah. Like this, you know, there wasn't someone wearing like a polka dot dress yeah. to just be exactly. out kitsch of place, is, right? It was kitsch like is, kitsch is pr- is only fifties and sixties for sure. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't think you can go. I don't. Think I don't know kitsch, about that. I don't think kitsch is anything other than that. I don't think. Well, don't you get that. into like John Waters stuff that's very kitschy, kind of really bright and vibrant. Um, for the he kind of s- combines the two worlds. Yeah, they, he really does. He really, really, really does. But uh, yeah, it, it's I don't know. Like it, John Waters is the basically example that always comes to mind when I think of camp. Um, also Batman and Robin, but that's a whole other story. But uh, <laughs> it's like bad campy, trying too hard type thing. But yeah, I mean, kitsch, kitsch. I, I would put Sharknado as kitsch because they're trying to be bad. They're kind of staring yeah. into it, especially the sequels. When the first one, it might have been not a serious attempt, but trying to make a Sharknado movie then the other ones are like hey let's cram it full of cameos and um, you know be terrible for the sake of being terrible and the worst we can get it is the better we can get it type thing so I kind of consider that more kitsch and stuff um, but yeah and like Killer Clowns like Killer Clowns is a good example of a movie that's sort of campy mm-hmm. in that the, the performances mm-hmm. are like over the top uh, you know, the plotting is very shallow. Everything about it is a little ridiculous. Uh, but the thing that's kitschy about Killer Clowns is not that. It's the clowns themselves are, like, they're, they're purposely this weird offbeat, like, they're, you know, they're abnormally shaped. Their colors are crazy. Their hair is crazy. They're, like, you know, they're not your normal-looking clown. Like, everything about that, like, they're designed to be sort of like cliche but also kind of kitschy mm-hmm. so it kind of is weird like kind of what byron says like one talks about 
one aspect and the other talks about another aspect and some films mm-hmm. end up combining it like in this case killer clowns you know mm-hmm. where like tremors is like you can you can make an argument that tremors is campy but you can't call it kitschy like no. it's not trying to yeah. be this like mm-hmm. weird tasteless like you know thing right it's it's mm-hmm. just it's just a ridiculous kind of movie it's kind of over the top mm-hmm. uh yeah, so it says here that kitsch is a visual art genre. So it's a visual art genre um, that's normally an object or design considered to be in poor taste because of excessive garishness or sentimentality. So, like, it, it's it's more on the visual side than it is like theme, yeah, or or mm-hmm. or or like performance. Um, but it. It's, but the the word irony is supposed to be is used in it quite a bit. So like, what's yeah. funny about the clowns is that they're clowns <laughs> that are garish and colorful, but ironically they're killing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that because of that, it kind of makes it kitschy. Um, but it, what's kind of confusing about that is kitsch as an art genre isn't anything like killer clowns from outer space right. like, like right. I, I i don't know that's an interesting that's super interesting to talk about um i think it's one of those terms that i think the definition has become broader than maybe it used to be i think so too yeah, yeah. i think so too i think i've heard it used in more modern sort of like you know uh, like you could make an argument that a film like the neon demon has kitchiness to it yeah there there are definitely elements of of kitchiness who was the sure. director of that I yeah. steven spielberg uh <laughs> made that movie. Oh, i love him I so everyone one. everyone go watch that but movie see, but like Raffin, he likes he likes <laughs> kitsch films he loves barbarella and he right. loves like um uh that uh, some the planet mars something planet mars i forget the movie uh planet nine planet mars no, attacks or something like that i forget the name of it now but it's by uh plan nine from outer space it's, it's by an italian director uh um, oh. planet mars mario bava space. i think but that one's like a super kitschy film um but in the way that i would normally think of it because it was made in the you know 60s yeah like his sentiment is leaning towards that and then he brings it to sort of this modernist filmmaking and like neo-modern filmmaking Um, planet of the vampires that's it yep (laughs) I was just gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) I did not google it (laughs) the art design in that movie is insane too you should check it out I mean his also his other big influence is Jodorowsky too and his films are like hella kitschy so like it it makes sense and same Um, with like Kenneth Anger you know same sort of thing yeah exactly Kenneth Anger such a we should talk about Kenneth Anger films at some point because his shit is just awesome. so out of this so realm of thought and reality. Uh, uh, but David, do you have anything? Any? Uh, you got a question or topic? Yeah. You wanna so I got I got a couple. Um, so which one do I want to do? So how does like both of these movies are relatively low budget? Tremors had kind of a little bit of a Hollywood kind of touch to it uh, had some bacon it had some bacon in it uh, <laughs> boy was it great no uh, so basically with these low budgets like okay so tremors 
was going to be land sharks and it was going to be sh- you know sharks that <laughs> swim through dirt so such a great <laughs> title oh, <God>. yeah because <laughs> that was that was their original title wasn't that a land beetlejuice sharks. thing like land sharks or <laughs> snl sketch or something like that uh, so with the low budget with tremors they basically put it underground and they wanted to do a lot of different shots but they were restricted um, right. with killer clowns they had very little budget and any budget they had went into the costumes and uh special special effects quote unquote um do you think the relative low budget hindered or um, enhanced these movies like if they had a full budget would it be the same thing oh no uh, yeah I'd have of to course agree. not yeah. yeah I think uh, spe- specifically for for killer clowns the um, the, the cra- I mean j- just doing doing your research and, and finding out that the the killer clowns is the product of, of three brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 knowing that they produced, wrote, and directed—I mean, it says one of them directed, but I'm pretty sure they all just kind of sure did, did it. You yeah. know, um, and just had to pick one, you know, in order to put it on the fucking credits. But um, yeah, just kind of knowing that it—it—it it, it, uh, knowing that they created all these creatures, they created all the animatronics and the wiggling of the ears. I feel like knowing. That and if they had a bigger budget, then they would have departments, and suddenly they would be hiring, you know, like the people who worked on, you know, they would get Jim Henson in there mm-hmm. or something to like help with the puppeteering because the studio would want that, you know what I mean? Like they would want to play it safe and find people who prove themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think having a bigger budget for either of these movies would have. Uh, totally changed the movies. And what's so great about these is that Killer Clowns, the the guys who uh, did Killer Clowns, they went on and had a huge Hollywood career. Still have You it, know, yeah. working. Still have it. They work animatronics for a number of movies. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that later. Um, and then Tremors, the... the uh, guys who created the the actual monsters um, w- w- was this company called I'm totally not going to say this right but it's Analgamated Analgamated Dynamics and An- thank <laughs> thank you Analgamated Dynamics Anal Games Dynamics created the Tremors the very phallic looking drummers yes. <laughs> um, and that that was only their second movie and if they had proven themselves before that then they would have be charging way more but those guys went on and did Jumanji Starship Troopers X-Men First Class Maze Runner uh, they're still working today they're doing the new Godzilla movie King of Monsters oh, wow. in 2019 and uh, Predator which comes out in 2018 so like this is their second movie, Tremors, and they it, this launched their career. And if they had a bigger budget, uh, Anal Games is not going to be uh, helping out with this movie. Yeah, I think I think if any of the or any if either of these two films would have had more money, I think Tremors would have benefited benefited from it more. Although they did a good job with what they had. Part of having a limited budget is that they you know 
found creative ways to show the monsters without ever showing the monsters, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which adds to the element of mystery of the fact that, okay, you know, you know, when you finally see what a, the tremor is, you're kind of like, okay. But when you see the just little gnarly snake things coming out of the sand, that's a little more creepy, right? Because um, mm-hmm. you have to wonder what's actually under there. Um, killer clowns, I don't think would have... I mean, it's to me, it's like the difference between killer clowns and it. You know, if you had all the money in the world and you, you'd probably come up with something like it, where Killer Clowns was like, they knew they didn't have money. They, they knew they didn't have the ability to really take it seriously, and they just rolled with it. You know, can you imagine right. Steven Spielberg making Killer Clowns? You know, like, it just it just doesn't make any sense. Like, just, just <laughs> pumping money into a movie like that doesn't make sense. But that's what makes it what it is and when you watch it you know that and like you know with the budget they had like to make that that room with all the cotton candy like people hanging around and whatever like yeah that was crazy crazy creative and like how they designed the ship to be these big dark rooms with sort of like these like you know playground style like right set pieces or whatever like that would never have happened without the lack of money and the creativity that comes out of not having a budget. So, like, you know that when you watch it, and you know that that's part of the fact of what makes it, like, fun to watch, essentially, is that it, it these dudes pulled it off with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it would have hindered it a lot had it had more money. I mean, but then again, they went on to do stuff. Like, these, these uh, brothers went on to head the team that did, like, Team America and stuff like that. So, like, Mm-hmm. You know, they went on to do stuff with a bunch of money, um, which also turned out pretty good in and of itself. But mm-hmm. I think part of the thing and the and the perception of cult that we have is that there's no money involved with it. I think there's something about the budget and the money that adds a level of like, okay, can this really be cult? You know, like, can it be right. as interesting? Like, you know, Friday the 13th was fun because of how much was hidden Mm-hmm. You know, and how much you have to really like make make your own way through the movie. You know, like they show the killing and stuff, but it's you know a lot of it is oh, is there? There's that sound outside and people looking out the window. You know, because you just didn't have the money for it. Um, I don't know. They, and then you get the fact that because you have a low budget, like yeah, they built sets and killer clowns, but a lot of that movie just takes place like some like in the woods or like right. you know, one corner of town essentially or like mm-hmm. the three different buildings you know like you end up having to shoot like in uh like on location and there's something about this weird reality that comes out of shooting on the lo- well not weird reality it is reality because you're shooting on location right like as opposed to that inside the ship where it's all like set pieces and there's something weird about it and and like you know just i don't know there's something about budgetary constraints and the creativity that comes out of it that really like you know can you like Jaws had a huge budget for what it was but the fact that the shark like animatronic fucked up and they had to essentially hide most of it is what made it good Mm -hmm, so like mm -hmm. Jaws has this like sensibility of it being low budget and culty because you know so much of it is kind of like okay we don't see the shark there's no like cheesy stop motion or the you know there's no there's not a lot of the animatronic shark in the movie so you know it has that sensibility of being culty i guess um that shit still holds up though that's in yeah. that too yeah. like yeah, yeah. Think- and like besides sorry besides the weird like cgi in in killer clowns i mean killer clowns itself kind of holds yeah. up right because it's yeah. costume people like mm-hmm. 
It definitely holds up, a hundred percent. Yeah, now, um, yeah. The the Jaws effect is something I wrote down just because uh, watching the featurette, like uh, in the car scene when the car is being pulled down by the worms, um, she was initially supposed to break out the window and like surf the car down, and then they get her. And I'm like, that's terrible. So they ran out of time, <laughs> and they did. They just pulled it under, and you have the headlights beaming up uh, in the night sky, like you know they went like a mile away or whatever. So much more effective. And same totally. thing with the jackhammer scene um, when it pierces the worm, it goes off, and then you know the guy goes off, and you you see just a puff of dirt. Um, mm-hmm. in the distance and that was all because we can't do what we want to so we're going to do this and it it was so much better and like you know you know it started with land sharks so they put them underground uh, because of budgetary stuff and it's so much better seeing a mound of dirt kind of rise up and a fence post go down it right. just makes it so much better. So picturing the movie, if they had full budgets, to me is just like they dodged a bullet by not knowing that. Right. So. Totally. It really lets you like imagine mm-hmm. what it is. You know, it lets your imagination kind of run with it and gets your brain working, which, you know, a lot of people think they go to movies and turn your brain off, watch movie. But when a movie is really engaging is when your brain is like turning and yeah. trying to figure it out. I know one of the scariest movies I watched as a kid wasn't even a scary movie at all. It was um, uh, Escape... uh, Oh my god, what was it? It was like this escape movie. um, Escape from which mountain? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, when I was a kid. Uh, Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on it. Uh, It's like the American escaping from like a Nazi uh, The the Great Escape? The Great Escape, yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, Yeah, was it Steve McQueen? He's on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the guy on the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's, like, a scene in that where, and you know, and, and it's the classic, like, it's all close-ups, and then it goes to a wide shot at the end. But it's, like, all, like, the heroes of the story are, like, in this van because they think they're going to escape that way. Uh, but they get caught, and they all get killed, and it pulls out, and they all just get fired, you know, or they all get shot at or killed, you know. Um, and for, in my tiny little brain, it was like, that is the scariest thing ever because it was like i am now just picturing what it's like for all the heroes of the story to just die you know mm-hmm. and that totally just was like this is very powerful totally right here this is a very powerful moment totally and like it's you know the biggest one of the bigger criticisms people always lay down on a movie is like well why didn't you show it like you know show mm-hmm. these things happening like you know Uh, I've definitely had that criticism sort of laid against me. And then you watch films and you're like, how many times for, well, first of all, how many times things don't get shown and are implied such as like, I mean, psycho is probably the best example of of Mm -hmm. this. Um, But then you realize like in a, it's kind of an ironic in a visual medium. You sort of like things not being shown. Like you like (laughs) it implied. You like to think about it. You like to imagine it. You know, it's what is, what's, the monster itself is not scary. It's the darkness that that is surrounding the monster, where the monster's hidden. That's what's scary because, you know, your biggest fear might not be the alien. Your biggest fear is whatever your biggest fear is, and you'll apply it to the darkness, right? But when you see the alien, it's like, okay, well, 
that's creepy, but it's not like it's not my fear. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. it is. It's kind of like, and it's worked with Tremors too because like you know how much of the movie is like you just don't see the whatever like you said the jackhammer works because it's like okay the jackhammer got stuck in something and that something pulled it 50 feet through the ground what the fuck could pull that thing that far that you know what the hell's under there could do that that type of thing or like you see the little the little worms that come out of the mouth and you're like okay Mm -hmm. like and you know you, you don't realize that you know there's something bigger down there or maybe you do and you're kind of like what could that bigger thing be you know Mm -hmm. like i think the low the 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 low budget adds to that because you have to hide so much you know like you i don't know yeah like i think like suspension of disbelief goes a long way yeah with budget because like Mm -hmm. with with like the little popcorn things (laughs) (laughs) your suspension of disbelief Uh, is automatically greater because of what the budget and what the film has already done totally. for you as yeah. a viewer, whereas Tremors is a, it's a little bit less because it's a, it 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 takes itself a little bit more seriously, and the budget kind of sh- shows you that already. So it kind of it it it, it plays with how if 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 the filmmakers know what they're doing, they know what their viewers how much they can get away with how they're going to suspend their disbelief, and that goes a long way with uh, with budget for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I think I think, but more than anything else with cult movies, I think budget is like the the number one effect on whether or not. First of all, whether or not you consider it a cult movie, but but kind of how cult movies get developed, I think is. I wonder you know, what budget, would like, be like the biggest budget for a cult movie. I wonder what that is. Like, what movie would that be? You know, that's a good question. I think I think there's still people who argue about cult itself. Right. Yeah. So then you have to you know come up with a pretty s- yeah. specific definition, right. and then find the films yeah. in that it's, regard. Be, yeah. Because couldn't like a like couldn't couldn't like John Carter, you know, that Disney movie from a while back, had a he- largest bu- budget of all time. Well, like one of the largest. But it totally bombed mm-hmm. box office. Couldn't that, like, if it had, like, a weird following, couldn't that kind of pick up and be a cult film? Do, and honestly... Even though it has a crazy thing? It might be a cult film 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. You know? It, yeah. Because, like, Taylor Kitsch could die from some crazy thing, right? <laughs> and, <Kitch>. like... and <laughs> Yeah, Kitsch, yeah. Um, and, and then it could just become this big thing. I don't know. Like, who knows? Yeah. I don't know, because, like, Waterworld, like, that had its That's true. home video That's afterwards. That's yeah. true. That's and it's very culty, and it was very expensive when it came That's out. True. And it, it did not... Perf- People think that movie tanked more than than it actually did, but it um, definitely had, like, a following on home video afterwards. Yeah, for sure. Just for the legend, too, for Waterworld, and, like, John Carter failed because I, I still don't know what john carter is like i i just don't know <laughs> so yeah if the, it, it, it i think it all kind of depends on obviously what's in the film if it's something to grab onto that's cool but if they're trying to be like pearl harbor by michael bay tried to be titanic and failed horribly not in a <laughs> not in a hilarious way where it's just like oh look at the you know <laughs> terrible right. director or whatever but it, it it just didn't work out the way he wanted it to where like the room it wasn't citizen kane that he wanted to make 
but it's hilarious of him trying type thing. So, right. so yeah, it, it all goes back to what's the meaning of punk rock, what's the meaning of cult film and all that. Um, it's just what do people grab onto? And, like, I think Killer Clowns has something to grab onto of just this ridiculous premise. And I love it because of the crazy costumes and i think they're uh, some of the craziest costumes and it just hit me as a kid both these movies i actually i consider actual horror movies for children because you have like hocus pocus (laughs) and halloween town Mm. like disney channel crap but they're not (laughs) scary like these are for kids like i i don't have any kids to show it but i would say maybe show this to kids and it's actually scary to them and it's not full of blood it's not full of you know other crap you don't want to subject kids to and it's not like psychopaths going around it's just monster movies that are goofy so you know that's what i love about these movies it's just very weird very weird it's like it's like sesame street horror exactly but it's actually (laughs) kind of scary to a kid like i was scared of these things when i was you know seven watching them or whatever so you know i watched i watched mars attacks when i was a kid and i feel like that kind of gave me the same response uh i was very afraid of it and then i watched it later and i realized how like like how goofy that movie really is like jack black's like and awesome like jack black's like ass is hanging out for his entire character in the movie and like uh, like the whole premise like how they destroy the aliens at the end is super goofy you know with the song I love that. it's a great it's a great movie um i think conan the barbarian sort of fits into this cult sort of type movie too and that one had a uh, roughly 16 million so especially for the time that's up there yeah for the 80s yeah so i don't know it's a good question to figure out the the most expensive i bet you if you googled it someone would come up with an answer for it yeah Um, yeah. i bet i bet Waterworld. i bet Waterworld has got to be up there yeah Yeah. um question for you guys what what are what would you say you're outside of david because we know that your favorite cult films are uh, killer clowns and tremors, but what? But you guys, Keith and uh, Byron, what? What about? What about you? Oh man, oh, oh that's uh, so tough because, it re- oh, fuck. Um, and whatever I mean, you define it as, that's really tough because I mean I could easily say neon De- neon demon only God forgives trash <laughs> trash humpers and uh, spring breakers. <laughs> Like all, all those <laughs> legit though, like, like actually, trash humpers is a good definition of what we consider modern, like modern yeah, cult. Yeah, like honestly, like, all right. four of those could be a defi- the definition of a cult film. So the, those are all kind of like art cult, like they're like the art right, side, right? Yeah, and that's kind of more what I'm into is the art side of of cult films. So I don't know, but if you if you're talking like classic, then yeah, like El Topo and and um, and uh, Eraserhead and you know like that but if you're if you're talking newer then yeah like the room would be maybe the newest i could get you know as cult nice i don't know that's that's a tough question that is a that's a hard question and i have to really think back at like the movies because like 
I feel like Harmony Korean just kind of fits into yeah. cult status in general. Even Gummo s- is such a good. I was gonna movie. say Gummo for like is so out there and is like has this like, dude, have you seen def- Gummo kind of like, quality it's one of those to things it? Like if like, you know what's up, you know Harmony Korean and Harmony Korean like he just makes those kind of like cool cool films. I don't know. Like- <laughs> but then like Yodorowsky is like super. I don't know. He's kind of like the easy go to for like cult. Right. stuff too because his stuff never really like took off um, I guess Cannibal Holocaust kind of fits in I'm oh, looking yeah. at a list right now too that's a good one Cannibal Holocaust good one yeah is, that's a weird one too because like it's cult but it's also like very well known so it's it's very like historic yeah exactly it's a really important movie but it's also like horror yeah. though because like there's cult horror which is completely different than like you know cult comedy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know. There, it's 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 funny because like Cannibal Holocaust, you can take it seriously. You know what I mean? Where you can't really take you know Killer some clowns. of these movies. Like yeah, you can't take it super serious. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like so, I, yeah, it really depends on the definition of cult. I mean that's yeah. that's a really tough question. I don't know. I, I would probably fall somewhere into the Harmony Korean category of like Gummo or Trash Humpers just because yeah. those movies are cult, but they're actually movies you can learn something from. Like, yeah, like yeah. Trash Humpers is weird because like the fact that it is so just I honestly, shoddy. I cannot like, wait to have Jacob watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've said this before, and I'll say it again. There's something about, you know, uh, why the uh, Werner Herzog being like, you know, recognizing that there's something about those movies that, like, you know, he's he's quoted as saying, you know, you're the last warrior in the film, like Crusade or yeah. whatever he said to, <laughs> to Corinne, you know, like, do you know that there's, if you respect, you know, he's a very respectable filmmaker, so if he's saying something about it, then there's got to be some sort of quality to it, right? Well, it, sure. and that's interesting, too, because, like, Werner Herzog is a good name to bring up if you're talking about cult, because he's done films that internationally, like Fitzcarraldo and A Gear Wrath of God, that are considered to be, like, you know, top 100 movies ever made. Um, so, like, those wouldn't really be could they could be considered cult but maybe not but then they've he's made like definite cult films where he did a whole film called heart of glass where he's um he hypnotized or hired a hypnotist to hypnotize every single actor in the film and they act under uh, uh you know they're all hypnotized and they basically walk around like zombies you know and that's a very that's a definite cult film um so Werner Herzog, you know, then he does these documentaries that are, like go to Sundance and win, you know, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, cult is such a so broad because you can have yeah, super broad directors that do cult and non-cult, and I don't know. I mean, I'm You're, looking yeah. at a list here, and some of the things that stand out. Well, one was Cannibal Holocaust, um, the, the Machine Gun Girl. You know, like those like super over the top oh, yeah, Japanese yeah. movies kind of fit into that as well. Gummo. Hmm. Um, the Beyond, Waking Life is kind of a different type of cult movie, which I think uh, is a pretty good one. And then you have Enter the Void, I think is up there on my list too to kind of answer your question. I think yeah, Enter the Void right. is a super good movie, and he's super good um, friends with uh, uh, Harmony Corinne. That, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. Gaspar Gaspar yeah, now, and the cinematographer yeah. did Spring Breakers for him. So hell yeah, dude, yeah. Enter the Void is one of those ones. Um, 
Got a couple more here. A scanner darkly, I think, is a good a good answer for that too. That, yeah, it's that's a, like one of my favorite movies is the scanner darkly, uh, which is Linklater. So he's yeah. kind of got some mainstream, you know, like other movies that are mainstream going yeah. on. Requiem for a Dream, you could argue, is in the cult. Yeah, Dome, I guess, um, which is a good mm-hmm. one. Beyond the Black Rainbow, I thought that movie was. Sick. I want to see that. The soundtrack uh, sounds that amazing. one's very odd. Um, Suspiria too. So oh, Argento, Suspiria. I think, is kind of one of those where you could argue that maybe he's like his because of Giallo and the whole style of horror. Maybe he's not cult, but I I don't know. Like some of his stuff is still kind of like on the edge you know that so I whole think genre is almost right. cold yeah exactly <laughs> but Suspiria is like fucking so good um, yeah. and then you have uh, Altered States which is kind of an interesting horror movie um, Julian Donkey Boy so that's Corinne again fits into that uh, Begotten Begotten's a weird one Begotten, too I don't know familiar. if that was necessarily cult either uh, that's like a experimental film that's I don't even know how to describe it. Do you just have to watch it? Um, and Faces of Death, I think, is an interesting oh, one to talk about death. too. Where yeah. that one's like, that's definitely the one where it's like, dude, I got this, I got this like, snuff documentary. Like, let's, let's watch that's, it. You know, that's um, very high school of like, ooh, I got Faces of Death. Let's yeah, go watch exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I've heard that so many times in my life. It's like, uh, I have seen them all. I'm pretty depressed. Let's let's just leave it at that. Uh, then, like we talked. Talked about Blood Feast, Santa Sangre. That's yeah, you know, mm-hmm. again. Um, another interesting movie is just to kind of throw that in there too that I enjoyed. I think is kind of cult too. Is uh, Troll Hunter? Oh, I think it's a cult movie that I think is, is up there. <laughs> it's a solid movie. Man. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. That's but. the second time I've heard about Troll Hunter in a week. Like with our movie night, we put stuff in the hat, and somebody put Troll Hunter. It's like, oh yeah, Troll Hunter. I'm like. I've never heard of Troll Hunter. Apparently, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I think it's on Netflix. It's like a yeah, found, yeah. found footage type of deal. Yeah, it's a yeah. found footage, you know, Blair Witch <laughs> yeah. style. It honestly, might be my favorite found footage movie. It's super yeah. ridiculous. It's, it's a pretty good it's one. Definitely up there. I've heard that too, so I might have to check tra- check that out independently. I still I still like uh, found footage 3D that I saw at Phoenix Film Festival, I l- which I told these guys about, and they were like, "What the hell is that?" But it's 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 my favorite because of how campy it is and ironic it is. It's so it's like yeah, it's super meta. Yeah. Um, well, hey, since you guys took forever to answer, I'll answer uh, my question now because that's really what I wanted. I asked because I wanted you guys to ask me. Uh, but my favorite cult film uh (laughs) probably is uh i it's it's one of those like so bad it's good and uh it's it's the happening the m night Shyamalan movie um and the reason i like this movie so much is because every time i sit down and watch with somebody um there's a everyone in the audience like collectively understands how awkward it is how weird it is and just kind of how bad it is and i i can't i feel like Shyamalan is like pretending to be like a 
<laughs> like that he intentionally like made this movie, but it's really hard to say one way or the other. Um, but I just really appreciate Mark Wahlberg's like <laughs> over the top performance and Zoe Deschanel's completely dead performance and, and the fucking hot dog guy. Like the hot dog guy is the best. Man, you I don't what? even know if that you like hot dogs. <laughs> I don't even know if that movie should be allowed to grace the status of cult movie because it's so Dude, fucking it's, bad. Like it's so bad, it's good though. It's one of the, it's in that category for me. It might be one of the mo- most expensive uh, cult movies. I think it's so bad. I would it's say. bad, and it's just it's yeah. just a bad movie. That's it's not. I don't know. No redeemable fr- qualities to it. It's a freaking. It's awesome to watch. It's fun to watch with people. <laughs> I probably I've seen it the most out of any Shyamalan movie. If you, you know want to I mean? lose friends and have them not come over to your house ever again, <laughs> put on the happening, and they'll hate you forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's the happening, and then the sequel to uh, the Da Vinci Code. I forgot what it was called. Angels and Demons. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Yeah, uh, Angel. uh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I walked right into that one. Jeez, King. Holy shit. (laughs) Nailed you. That's cool. All right, we got it out. Now we can breathe. Okay. Uh, Finally. All right. uh, Let's do a super fast uh, little roundtable here because we're getting on in time. um, And we can take a stab at... uh, which movies we think each person liked more. Um, let's start with David. Let's guess for David uh, <laughs> yeah, being the guest, and he's the one who picked the two movies. Um, you guys should go first, because I think yeah, I know the answer. I'm pretty sure you do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's been fairly clear throughout the episode, but I'll just take a stab and say Killer Clowns. Uh, that nostalgic factor, you know, it's like you said, you watched it when you were younger. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to go clowns. the same. I'm going to go Killer Clowns. Yeah. Because it, it... Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just that type of movie. It's just... Yeah. It's 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 fun. It's yeah. fun. All right. I'm, I... You know what? I'm going the opposite. I'm going Tremors. And I... I the reason I'm going Tremors is because... <laughs> Uh, you got that higher budget there, and you know you have Kevin Bacon, who is a freaking star, and having Kevin Bacon, sorry, Kevin Bacon, uh, in this movie is uh, interesting, <laughs> you know, and unexpected. And I think oh, Dave, uh, you you of all people appreciate a. Um, a a big time actor who kind of comes down and does a movie like this. Um, and I, I think that's uh, overall. I think that's why I, I'm going to say Tremors. But even though I'm pretty sure it's Killer Clowns because of your nostalgia, <laughs> but I think if you were if you actually thought about it, you'd be Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to influence that a little bit. Um, so basically, both of them are pretty, you know, pretty near and dear to the heart. Tremors, I watched a million times with, you know, my siblings and stuff growing up, but Killer Clowns, I've bothered Jacob about it and Tyler and everybody in my life about Killer Clowns. I am the only one out of everybody that actually likes Killer Clowns. And uh, I don't know why I saw it like twice when I was a kid on like Sci-Fi Network or something like that. And the costumes just enamor me. I'm not like Mr. I want to be a costume designer in any way, shape, or form, but those costumes really like 
ingrained something in me as a child. And um, once I finally saw the movie, when I was like coherent to see a story and all that, it was my first DVD that I ever ever, ever know, uh, owned. Um, once there was an actual story kind of there, <laughs> um, however thin, um, it, it just it just hit me. Nice. Damn. Oh yeah. Um, that's great. Let's let's uh, guess for Jacob. Like, I'm really curious. <laughs> All right, about, let's uh, do it. Is. Because I actually I have no fucking idea. I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. He's played a poker face <laughs> and played it pretty well with both of these. I think he's. I think he did it on purpose. I don't know. I think generally I'm pretty good at the poker face. <laughs> Generally, uh, I don't know. Sometimes you let slip some things that that make me lean one way if or another. If one film had more emotion to it, it would be, it would be the one that. Well, okay, never mind. I won't give yeah. myself away. David, do you have a sense? You know, after knowing Jacob and working with Jacob, do you have a sense of probably which just ones? to spite me? It would be Tremors. Just because, you know, I, I've bothered the crap out of him about this movie. I wanted it for movie night when he was here, and I still do. Um, I would say Tremors, just um, in all seriousness, of just as far as quality and uh, and as far as a coherent movie, etc. Um, I think that's more of his alley. Okay. I'm going to go with Killer Clowns, because I think... I don't know. Jacob likes to do this thing where you think he likes one movies and then you like, you know, it tends to be like the opposite. So you think, oh, he's going to like Tremors. Like they're special effects and, you know, it's it's higher budget and it's got Kevin Bacon, which he's got a poster of in the background. But like, I don't know. I think Killer Clowns is like the, I don't know. I think. Nude nude poster. Nude poster. Exactly. Uh, yeah. He has bacon covering his junk. <laughs> um, I think Killer Clowns, I think. I think it's just there's there's uh there's something fun about it um you know i don't know i think I, it's, i'm just going with killer clowns i'm gonna go with tremors because i think of the whole like love interest thing there where like you know the girl and he wishes and, he could be kevin bacon. bacon yeah <laughs> like 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 <laughs> well like they, you know they they can they, they kind of fall for each other. Like at the beginning, he's like, "I hope it's a blonde-haired, big, you know, breasted chick or whatever." And then he's like disappointed. But then by the end of the movie, like they're together, you know, kind of thing. That that, right. that might be kind of close to and dear to his heart. In an alternate universe, that's how you and <laughs> Tiffany got together. <laughs> There's giant uh, land sharks, and I take her pants off. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty so much. Is that yeah. <laughs> Thank you, land sharks. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, uh, this, this is uh, this is pretty rough. I really like both these movies a lot. Um, I actually hadn't hadn't seen either before. Um, I heard way more about Tremors. Um, however, Killer Clowns is like this weird movie where, like, whenever I, when I went to Blockbuster to like pick up movies with my dad as a kid, I would always see Killer Clowns, like the case, and I'd remember it. That's a very like distinctive the, the, cover, like with the big clown face. A, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, there's that one, but then there's also the one where they're holding the globe, and there's two. Oh, okay. Um, and I remember both. Like they they both have very very 
like I have very distinct memories of you know seeing the, this cover. Um, so whoever designed that should get an award or something. Um, or at least from me, they get the Jacob Award for DVD covers. Uh, Second, uh, yeah, means a lot. Um, but anyways, I'm gonna go with uh, Killer Clowns, and the reason for that is because of the aesthetic, uh, the the way it looks, like how they. Um, have like all this clown stuff on like what it looks like as just a basic soundstage you know it's very like poor and i feel like that really like helps bring the movie up it in a certain way like in a in a really interesting way and i feel like it is because of the budget but i i think there's like some value there you know i i think tremors was really good but um at its $11 million budget, it was kind of trying to be more than it was. Um, but Killer Clowns, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And my God, I think I would watch it again. And there, there's something weirdly like Lynchian about it. And I couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> I, I, know, I think I know what it would be. It'd be it, it, yeah. like um, Lynch. It's like the period. Well, like that, but also Lynch loves um, doing scenes in the woods, but yet are artificially lit. Um, oh. and I, he, he, there's a lot of aesthetics. He likes drapes. He likes red drapes. And there's the whole, you know, t- circus tent that's kind of like a drape. Right. Um, right. So just because of that, and he loves small town America. It's definitely small town. Small America. town America. There's a lot yeah. of things that definitely are kind of lynchian and killer clowns for sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just gonna go with that. Just uh, probably for the same reason that Dave went for it, like the costumes, the the look of it, the production design of it, and ju- just all the giant rubber suits. I mean, <laughs> I thought they were they were just really cool, totally. and I love how sl- how slow they moved. They waddle. Yeah, they're like waddling so slow, and it's kind of a. I love that's the scene where they're they're walking down the road, and it shows like Crescent Cove five miles, and they're just like yeah. slowly waddling toward. Right. And then all of a sudden and they're that, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's like that music, yeah. the like dreary synth music that like it, it's supposed to be way more like intimidating yeah, than it exactly. is. But it, but it's mm-hmm. done with such confidence. Like they they have this swagger yes. of like, yeah, we'll get there. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. And we're gonna yeah. win. Don't worry about it. Just you know, I'm just right. gonna take my time. Uh, yeah, it's so genius. Um, <laughs> let's let's guess for Byron because I'm curious <sighs> about Byron's too. Byron's choice here. That's a difficult uh, one. Yeah, one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Tremors for you. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Moving on. <laughs> it's going with the gut. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say Killer Clowns because it just kind of fits up that like. Corinne Alley that that's got going on like totally it's like consistent it's 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 not trying to take itself seriously which you know when you're aware of that when you're watching it it kind of works I don't know I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you didn't even really like Tremors that much so okay and okay. say Killer Clown I would um, just by looking at it <laughs> Yeah, just look at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, your arguments are, I don't know, like, 
Talking about mine? <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I would say Killer Clowns just because it's different and uh, kind of out there. Tremors is just a monster in the ground and all that. So um, I think the cotton candy cocoons kind of got them. Just <laughs> there you go. Clever <laughs> with yep. the crazy straws and the blood sucking and all that stuff. Oh, it can't so be a normal awesome. bendy straw. It has to be a no, crazy no. straw. <laughs> Crazy. And you have to have a real, the slowest shot ever. <laughs> follow this straw all the way. Ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Both of these movies were about the same for me. What I kind of liked about Tremors a lot was, um, was that uh, it had that really kind of cool film look to it. Like the way the desert was filmed and stuff, it, it, it seemed like a, a lot like... Um, kind of what Rob Zombie kind of goes for you know just the way it's filmed um, and then what I, you know I think like what I like about Killer Clowns was it had that kind of Lynchian feel to it and it has that weird like 80s music video glossy lit yeah. thing kind of looking so I like it's tough because they're so different in style wise but mm-hmm. um, to be honest yeah I, I preferred uh, Killer Clowns <laughs> uh, I, and, and, and mainly because <laughs> I love the part where the fucking clown goes running into the forest with the fucking balloon dog. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously, like, out of the whole movie, that was my favorite part. Like, that was just amazing. Like, the way they had the balloon dog actually, like... Become a real dog. Like, it was, like, moving like a fucking real dog. I was like, holy shit, like, the puppetry in that was actually pretty fucking well done. And then, then, like, when the chick was getting into the shower, and then, like, the popcorn just sitting there, and it starts moving, I'm like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, like just, like, the little... Like, all the little things, I think. There was, yeah. there was more little yeah. things that they just added in there. Like, the straw and the cotton candy and, like, the footprints that are, like, fucking... Like, 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 yeah. Just, like, all these just, little things that are, like, so perfect, but yet so ridiculous. I think that's what I really liked about the movie. Yeah. Um, like, the they most. definitely took the time to think about, okay, what makes a clown? Yeah, yeah. And what can we make a joke on? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and right. for me, that, like, that that's I love wittiness. Like, you know, if you can make the film, even if it's, like, shit budget, if you can make it witty, it just becomes more interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And, like, Tremors, it's, it's, it's fine. It's a solid movie, but it's so kind of um, uh, plain in that yeah. sense. It's, it's kind of basic. Which I like basic yeah. too, but it, yeah. you know, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of too? Like, I feel like Killer Clowns was a big influence on like the Grinch and like the oh. style of production oh, design. Because I'm thinking about the car yeah. specifically, the the clown car that they have and how like mm. it's so like clearly <laughs> shoddily made, but it, the, the the angles of it and the color, yeah. just, I don't know, for some reason it reminds me of like the weird like Dr. Seuss style of like, right. I feel like they pulled influence from the Dr. Seuss books and then just, later yeah. on the movies pulled influence from this. From, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Right. I wonder if like they were like trying to mimic their style, you know, I mean, like because because the the Cheeto Chiodo 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 Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they took me years to figure that out. Chiodo. Right. They they worked on like 
Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, they were like the head guys on Team America. And so uh, I wonder if, y- you know, they saw some of their movies and were like, hey, let's try and mimic that look. Totally. Yeah. Like yeah. that aesthetic for the That, that so. mixed with uh, basically just a clown aesthetic. Like you, you have a goofy car yeah. that's not normal. And then the uh, vacuum machine at the, towards the end where they're sucking up all the uh, uh, cotton candy cocoons from the, <laughs> from the street, which they're on the street for some reason. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I, I, Line them up. I, I think Dr. Seuss has to be uh, an influence, but they're probably just like, what do clowns do? And it's like a yeah. tiny car where all of them are in it. And they go through all those things, but it's in a creepy manner. I don't know. I totally. Like, right. I dig yeah. it. Totally. Absolutely. All right, Keith. Yeah. All right. What is it? Who wants to go first? What you got, Dave? Uh, Dave goes first. That's the trick about guests, too, is like, you know, we have to guess based on a very limited knowledge of you and, you know, your your choices in movies and whatnot. But the same goes for you. It's like you have a limited knowledge of us. I mean, you've listened to our past episodes. You kind of get a sense, but... He knows how you guys feel about, you know, Harmony Crin and Nicholas yeah. Winding Rapid. You know, he knows. Yeah. He gets it. It's hard not to catch if you listen to your stuff. Um, <laughs> so I would say, like, coming into this, I would I would have said everybody across the board would have been Tremors just because it's a little cleaner of a movie. There's nobody in the background. There's no missing balloon dogs in some shots. Rewatch it. It's awesome. Nice. Um, <laughs> and a lot of stuff. But I'm going to go Killer Clowns just because the other two, uh, uh, Jacob and Byron, kind of went that way. Uh, I think... Uh, I think you're seeing what I see, and I'm proud of it because it's just uh, creative and different and awesome because it's Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with also with Killer Clowns only because I have been surprised by the non-tremors in the room and I feel like maybe we're, we all are on the same page and we need some tremor voices here but fuck it I think yeah killer clowns I think you appreciate the inventiveness and the weirdness of it and just the creativity and the craftiness let's go with that um I was going to say killer clowns um but I think and I think killer clowns like with the lynchian and the the Karen kind of you know there, it's far from any of those, but like what we already kind of touched upon, I think you'd appreciate you appreciate that aspect of it. But I'm not going to underestimate nostalgia, and I think you saw Tremors when you were younger, Ooh, so I'm going to go. With, I'm going to go with Tremors because of the nostalgia part of it, not necessarily because of that you like the arty part of it, but I think just like as just like it was fun to just kind of revisit. I want to go with Tremors, and okay. just to be just to, just to change it up a bit. Did it, just before I say say, did anyone notice that the little girl is also goes on? She's the one in Jurassic Park. She's like the older uh, oh, yeah, yeah. sister oh, in no Jurassic way. Park. Yeah, the she like looks in the restaurant. Pogo the, stick one. Yeah, the pogo stick little girl. Oh, you, she looks almost oh. exactly the same, oh, but just fuck. as a younger girl. So she goes from Weird. Tremors to Jurassic Park, like two monster movies. I got one yeah. better. 
Did anybody notice that the red-rimmed glasses dude Bob McCready in Killer Clowns was Christopher Titus, the comedian dude? I don't even know if anybody knows Christopher Titus, but he's uh, that was his first role. Is no shit. Titus. I know that. Huh. Wait, what Holy movie shit. was he in? He's a, he had his own little show called Titus. He's he's a pretty shit. funny comedian, um, but he's kind of. <laughs> He's not that well known, I guess, but uh, he, yeah, he, he was in that. He, he like reminded me of of a character like in Porky's or something. Like, like I don't think he's in that movie, but like he when yeah. I saw him walking down the street, he just looked like a character from that movie. Very, very eighties, <laughs> yes, yeah. very eighties. <laughs> and then like the guy who plays the 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 older cop, I mean, like mm-hmm. you know, he's in Animal House, which yeah. is just funny. So I was like, oh, it's. It's Animal House guy. <laughs> I love John Vernon just yeah. for this movie, just because he's just a funny, crabby guy. <laughs> His character is so ridiculous in this movie. Um, so it's Killer Clowns. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're it's pretty. Clo- I don't know. It's close in the sense that, like, I would say three out of five for Tremors, and but four out of five for Killer Clowns. I don't know, like. Right, when we were done watching Killer Clowns, I was immediately like, "Wow, I'd watch that again." That was like super fun, and like I want to pick up the Blu-ray. Um, Tremors should. wasn't. Tre- I, I will for sure because uh, it's like it's just one of those movies you can throw on with friends. You can watch it yourself. Like I don't know what else to watch, so let's just watch that. Um, Tremors is not bad. Uh, some of the acting is just. <laughs> Just out there, uh, Kevin Bacon is pretty is pretty bad. Um, just in general, and then you get the two like gung ho fucking end of the world you know couple with Reba McIntyre and uh, Gross. What what the fuck his name? What did I say his name was uh, Michael, Michael Gross or Michael something. Michael Gross, yeah, from Family um, Ties, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it's not bad, and I, I'm impressed by what they did with that movie. Just the, the effects. Uh, I don't know. The Killer Clowns is just... It's fun. Fun movie. It, it, it is what it is. It, it, it was not serious. You know, the the weakness of the clowns was their fucking nose. Like, all you had to yeah. do was pop them in the <laughs> yeah. nose and they just explode. Like, it's so... Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, and then the scene where, like, the the cop and the guy are in the, the candy, cotton candy, like, factory, and they're like, hide! And so they just stand behind, like, a couple of those, like, how is that? Hi- like, oh, she's like, Jesus just Christ. classic B-movie stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah just classic <laughs> B-movie, like, dumbness, essentially. Yeah. Um, but, wait, wait. <laughs> I thought it was crazy that, like, you know, Killer Clowns was only made three... It was made only three years before I was born, and Tremors was made a year before. Like, what? But yet, Killer Clowns looks so much more like older. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, whereas Tremors, it like it, it, it. I guess it, it doesn't look as dated, even though it was made only two years after. Yeah. The- the thing that dates it more than anything is Kevin Bacon right, being in right, it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a really good point. takeaway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, like, the funny thing, like, I, I was actually thinking about this earlier, like, Killer Clowns is very 80s, and it was towards the end of the 80s, like 87, the year I was born. Um, and then Tremors is very 90s, but it was at yeah. the very beginning of the 90s. Yeah. So it was very, very 90s. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's three years between them or two years between them. 
and vastly different movies and totally. that is a very yeah. interesting like aspect and like i mean obviously one's a, a western and one's not but those are two very different decades. Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And their mullets are even different. Like, slightly <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I love it. Uh, so, David, you have a Weekend Recommends for us. Uh, so what we're going to start doing here is reading off these Weekend Recommends, because why not? Listeners have been yeah. sending them in. So uh, if you want to shoot off yours, and then we'll read the next one right after. First of all, Killer Clans from Outer Space. But... Other than that, uh, the one I pick was uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Um, it's a Chinese movie, Japanese movie, one of those. I think Chinese, yeah. Chinese, I think so. Yeah. Um, Stephen Chow is the director. He did Shaolin Soccer, I believe, uh, <laughs> which I haven't seen yet, which is kind of strange. But Kung Fu Hustle is a mixture of a Kung Fu movie uh, uh, superhero origin film, Looney Tunes, and just a really good, artfully done movie. And uh, I rewatched it uh, just a few days ago just to make sure <laughs> the recommendation <laughs> is solid still because it's been a couple years. It's it, it holds up. It's a really goofy. Uh, kind of left of center kind of weird weird movie and I suggest it to everybody um, don't watch it on Hulu even though it's there because it's overdubbed from English and it really loses a lot um, but uh, yeah it's it's an amazing amazing movie yeah, and I can back that too. That movie is a it's a fun movie to watch. I mean, just I like kung fu movies, but that one is like the over the top like cuz that's the one where the the is it the the old woman or the older guy of the town are like they have like a frog style or like they just like yeah the main villain yeah <laughs> oh this is the main villain yeah where he like inhales all this air and his throat like grows like a toad and then he just like shoots it back out it's, it's fucking it's just wild there's man. a street scene with the blurred out uh, legs going around like yeah. kind of roadrunner yeah. style and exactly it's just yeah, a, it's, but it works like everything works with it and it doesn't take itself seriously but it's a very artfully done movie I don't know yeah Absolutely. Uh, no, it's a good recommendation. I definitely think people should watch it. Uh, we also have one from listener Anthony Chelf. Is it Chelf or, or Shelf, Jacob? Uh, Chelf. Okay. Uh, who, which we meant to read this a while ago. He he sent this in a while ago and we posted a while ago. Um, so apologies for that. But he says, uh, I recommend Logan Lucky, directed by Steven Soderbergh. It is surprisingly well thought out and plays out like a hillbilly version of the Oceans movies. It has good characters and questionable morality. If you like a bunch of dumb people surprising you in unique ways in heist films, you'll love this movie. Also, Daniel Craig is hilariously not his usual character. It's wonderful. <clears throat> so great, uh, great movie baggage for, for with Logan Lucky for, with Daniel totally. Craig. You know, com coming off of James Bond, Absolutely. really great. Yeah. Uh, and he he plays a character like even in the trailers when you uh, see his character, it's very much like yeah. What the fuck are you just like? How did you pull this out of Daniel Craig? Um, right. <clears throat> yeah, so that the movie was surprisingly. I th I heard a lot of shit. <clears throat> 
like a lot of I just heard a lot of bad things about the movie but I watched it and I didn't mind it it seems fun it, it also was, has uh, Adam Driver yeah, yeah. Uh, in it so yeah. you know Kylo and Channing Tatum is that on Blu-ray yet or is it I, still in theaters uh, Blu-ray. It's, it's on Blu-ray, yeah. yeah it's okay. on VOD, yeah. too, yeah. if you want. It's on VOD, It had a pretty yeah. short run in theaters, uh, I think, and then jumped right into VOD slash, you know, Blu-ray. Yeah. Um. But that movie has an interesting uh, release history in that it was one of the first, like, widely released independent movies. Uh, oh, okay. That was released in a whole bunch of theaters. Nice. Um, so it, it didn't go through the typical system of being distributed to a bunch of theaters via uh, major studios. Cool. Dig yeah. it. Uh, cool. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. So if you have any questions uh, or actually before we dig into this, um, J- uh, David, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, Millpool Films is kind of what we're building um it's still in its early ages uh stages but uh if you go to youtube.com melpool films you can see all of our stuff um for better how do you spell that m-i-l-p-o-o-l it's uh films um it's a simpsons reference if anybody wonders um (laughs) that's where all of our stuff is but i recently took over for ifp phoenix uh, taking over the film challenges, so their 48-hour film challenge, uh, breakout film challenge, which we won twice. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of took over kind of film uh, forming that, so if anybody's listening in, in Phoenix or wherever, uh, sign up for those film challenges. Check the organization out, uh, ifpphoenix.org. Uh, they're pretty amazing. Um, that's where I met Jacob in a very indirect way um that's where we've that's where we met um a lot of our crew um in a direct and indirect way um they're just an amazing local phoenix deal here so um yeah that's all i have to plug yeah i i can i can back that up too yeah i met i met dave there i met Riggs there and um Really, if you're an aspiring filmmaker or if you're looking to just help out on sets or if you have some experience behind your belt and maybe are working like regularly, it's still a good place for you to go because there's people from all walks of life who kind of show up there and just uh, everyone kind of wants to achieve the same thing. Um, So if you can go there and just talk to people, find people who are in your same realm, you know, similar experience and just, and just go for it. Um, If you're in the Phoenix area, highly recommend to to go there for sure. It's where all the cool people are anyways. (laughs) Yeah. That was until Dave took over. Now I'm not so sure. (laughs) Gotta even it out somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, if you have any listeners, if you have any fact, let me start this over. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or opinions, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any past episodes, all of which can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud slash btbfilms. Uh, if you like the show, please rate it on iTunes because it helps others find us. Our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com. Are you tired of drinking liquefied townspeople with crazy straws? Are you looking for something a little bit easier to, you know, carry around with you? 
Well, try this, the new crazy skinny straw. <laughs> it's portable, and you can bring it with you anywhere you want, so you can drink all the liquefied townspeople you need at any time. Crazy skinny straw. In stores now. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> but seriously, fuck just Skinny has done the music for most of our movies, if not all our movies, at, at some point. Skinny is amazing. He's 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 the dude. Anyway, totally. He's the best. Funny yeah. joke, though. He's Jake, literally though. the best. Freaking awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, working on my copywriting for advertising. <laughs> So next week we'll be talking Jacob's birthday with the two films Jacob's Ladder and Jacob and Esau. He had like the easiest one to pick too. Like a, for some reason there's like a bunch of Jacob. Are we doing Jacob and Esau or are we doing the Robin Williams? Uh, what was it? Jacob's Jacob's li- Jacob the liar. Oh, Jacob the liar. You didn't change it on our list. Okay, so oh, I, I didn't. But do you guys want to do Jacob the liar, or do you want to do Jake? I'd I rather do the Robin either one Williams of them. So <laughs> Jacob the liar is like a Robin Williams like Holocaust kind of film. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy. Totally, totally. Okay, I so think that's more appropriate. We're doing Jacob's ladder and Jacob the liar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> scrap what I said before. Yeah. Uh, so easy, easy, easy choice for Byron the Nazi. Right? <laughs> Good. Okay, so Jacob's Ladder and Jacob the Liar are the two films oh we'll be God. discussing for Jacob's birthday episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a powerful ending here. Wait, wait, so ja- wait, Jacob's, but Jacob's Ladder is about PTSD, right? Pretty much, kind of? yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. And so, it's, a, it's a horror film. So, so. in a way, they're, they're, they're branched off. Both of them are kind of branched off of war films. Nice. Well, that'd be fun. Robin Williams Holocaust fun times we had, apparently. Uh, I have no idea what that movie is. So yeah, both, both of those are pretty downers, but uh, pretty good, though. Right. It'll be appropriate for my birthday, I think, because I think that'll also be a downer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Make sure you watch those films to be a part of the discussion. Uh, David, thanks for being on this episode, and thanks for bringing us these films. They were awesome. Thanks for having me. I had a blast, and I really legitimately listened to you week after week. And even though I know Jacob... I would still listen because it is a pretty good discussion, and uh, I like all the running jokes and stuff. Can I say something, one little thing? Sure. You guys peaked as far as comedy in, like, the third episode when (laughs) uh, you two, uh, Byron and Keith, were uh, trying to think of the movie, like, phenomenon, phenomenal, phenomenon, phenomenal, (laughs) and Jacob chimes in with a do-do-do-do-do. I fucking I I lost it in my car. I just I don't know I don't know if it was because I know Jacob or whatever, but God, that was so freaking funny. I think it was in episode two or three, but Oh man. Wait, and they awesome. don't even respond. Like they don't even exactly. nobody they just keep thinking. <laughs> nobody acknowledges it. Oh my god, it was awesome. so funny. Oh my god, that's awesome. I don't even remember that. That was a while so ago. Good. 
Yeah. So good. <laughs> That's awesome. Actually, I think you messaged me. You were like, hey, that joke <laughs> was freaking hysterical. It's unfortunate that I we remember peaked you that told early. Me that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it takes the pressure off. You don't have to be that funny anymore. It does, yeah. You just got to cruise right. and you're good to go. Right, I, we get uh, we're Kevin Bacon it uh, from here on out. Yeah, I think I think Jacob took that advice to heart. So. <laughs> That's why I keep adding all these dumb jokes. Like, yeah. as, I, as we I keep can't going. close out an episode anymore because I just have to say so much extra. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah. Oh. Well, we appreciate it, and yeah, we'll definitely, definitely love to have you back on again. Um, yeah, because we, we should we should do a Batman one for sure. Like maybe yeah. when Batman Ninja comes oh, out yeah. or Ninja Batman, like we should do something. Oh my god, we should totally yeah, do that. I think that'd be cool. That would be awesome. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> All right, and yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dave, for coming on, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. And uh, I wish you were up here in Seattle, you know, telling you, you and Riggs and the whole crew, you know, it's weird. Uh, you know, moving away is always weird, you know. You guys do seem like Portland guys. You guys do. You got a Portland vibe. <laughs> not, a, not a compliment. Not a compliment. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. So Jacob's Ladder and Jacob the Liar will be next week's films. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thanks, guys. Crazy straw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.